Welcome to Tarot for the End of Times, a podcast where we utilize the tarot as a tool to navigate through epochs of deep change. My name is Sarah Cargill. I'm an artist, cultural worker, and your host throughout the duration of this series. In each episode, I'll take a look at the archetypal figures presented in the major arcana cards from the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck to discuss what each card has to say about navigating through cycles of change, chaos, and instability. Throughout each episode, I'll offer reflection questions and suggestions for exercises that might support you in inviting the energy and wisdom of these archetypes into your daily life and practice. If you'd like to support this podcast and the person who makes it, you can make a monthly donation through my page on anchor.fm. Your generous act of community care and reciprocity helps me to access the resources I need to make projects like this possible and sustainable. You can also support this work by sharing this podcast with your friends and loved ones, and most importantly, by tuning in. Thanks for joining me. Upon the first signs of nightfall, as the nightingale sings the prelude to its evening-length aria, the empress emerges from her throne to retire to her quarters in preparation for a long evening ahead. Filled with the restoration that the day offered, she prepares for a long evening of assessment and deliberation. The time has come for the emperor to take his position on the throne, but he must pass inspection under the thorough, unyielding evaluation of the empress if he is to be prepared before the first rays of a new day graze the edges of his estate. Much like how the empress's avatar, Inanna, queen of the heavens, was stripped of her regalia and tested for her humility, commitment, foresight, and strength of character as she passed through the gates of the underworld. The emperor must pass through the gates of the empress's examination before he is permitted to take his position on the throne. The empress's examination confirms whether or not the emperor is equipped to carry the weight of his own power, and the emperor knows that his power is meaningless without his partner's blessing. In anticipation of his summons, the emperor approaches the stream that runs steady in the darkness behind the empress's throne, immersing himself in the running water to cleanse his body, mind, and spirit. He lays down his armor, removes his rings, disrobes, and jumps into the current to initiate his own baptism. He emerges, sobered, cleansed. The Empress, ruled by Venus and the element of air, and the Emperor, ruled by Mars and the element of fire, are cosmic lovers of legendary proportions. They embody starkly different elements that have the capacity to ignite and extinguish one another. Their oppositional relationship is what creates balance in their dynamic and what allows them to approach each other with mutual respect and admiration. The emperor does not lead under the false pretense that he alone holds all the power. 
in allowing himself to be fully and intimately known by another, he recognizes that his power is shared by nature and necessity, if not for the sheer weight of excessive power carried alone, then for the guarantee that such might and influence be regularly kept in check. Let's explore this relationship a little further. The Empress and the Emperor represents the Aries-Libra axis. Similarly to other astrological opposites, such as Virgo and Pisces or Taurus and Scorpio, the polarity that exists between Libra and Aries, or Venus and Mars, is designed to prompt deep personal growth by way of illuminating what their counterpart lacks, that which makes them so different from one another, while potentially upsetting or aggravating, also works to fuel the mutual magnetism between these celestial opposites to create a relational dynamic that is equally challenging and engaging. There is a thin line between erosive conflict and generative tension. The Libra-Aries axis in particular is an archetypal pair that embodies polarity. The energy that exists between them is what we're talking about when we say that opposites attract. Aries, ruling the astrological first house and representing the first sign of the zodiac, is guided by eye-centered questions. So, who am I? What makes me unique? How can I contribute? And what is my role in all this? Libra, on the other hand, rules the seventh house, the house of one-on-one relationships and partnerships, and is therefore concerned with the other and takes great interest in the we. Who are we when we're together? What can we accomplish as a unified pair? What can I learn about myself by being in relationship with you? The Venusian qualities of refinement, conviviality, compromise, and grace defines the energy of the empress, while the Martian qualities of assertiveness, competitiveness, and the you-get-what-you-get-and-take-it-or-leave-it attitude is what defines the energy of the emperor. This polarity exists so that they may learn from each other, challenge each other's assumptions, and keep each other in check. Compromise without boundaries begets codependency and perpetual indecision. Assertiveness without conviviality and consideration for others results in self-centered choices that don't consider the impact on the collective. It's important to remember that all of these qualities, whether you feel an aversion or affinity to them, are needed in a balanced, dignified, and just leader. Despite their differences, it's interesting to note what this archetypal pair have in common with one another. Both Venus and Mars rule fertility and virility, war and justice, and are thus concerned with matters that pertain to reproducing and protecting their domain, as well as the people who operate within the purview of their leadership. Because celestial bodies tend to establish rulership over multiple signs, the Empress and the Emperor can be analyzed through the lens of the Taurus-Scorpio axis, signs that are also ruled by Venus and Mars, respectively. 
While Scorpio's modern ruler is Pluto, the ancient ruler of this sign is Mars. I won't take the time here to elaborate on this within the context of the emperor and the empress, but it may be interesting to consider. I'll leave that up to you. The dynamic that exists between these cosmic lovers, the archetypal mother and father figures, serves to remind us that powerful leadership is rooted in a foundation of equitable partnership. The ethos of partnership extends to the emperor's partnership with the people he serves. Knowing this, the emperor puts in the work to get into right relationship with his most intimate partner, for work that is done in private will surely be expressed publicly and amplified tenfold. After all, how can the emperor expect to earn the people's trust if he can't look the empress in the eye? The empress, wearing an oversized bright red robe to protect her body from the evening chill, meets the emperor along the riverbank where he awaits, clean, dressed in plain clothes, and unarmored. They exchange a quiet, warm greeting and walk towards the highlands, where the emperor is set to take his position. They process in silence, accompanied by the stars and the sounds of nocturne. Their mutual silence, punctuated by the occasional snap of a twig and the howl of a swift breeze. They walk for some time. Dawn is nearing as they, at long last, approach their destination atop a flattened peak where the Emperor's throne awaits. His north-facing throne, austere, towering, and made of stone, mirrors the southern mountains that line the horizon behind him. Without a moment of pause, the Empress gestures toward the Emperor's throne where he discovers a gleaming suit of armor, oiled and buffed and shined. It's time to suit up. As the emperor assembles his body shield piece by piece, the empress harvests four ram skulls, one from each cardinal direction. She mounts each skull onto the protruding corners of the emperor's throne, beginning with the eastern facing corner on his backrest. Placing her right hand over the first skull, she offers a blessing. May you rise before the sun each morning, head bowed to humbly meet the miracle of a new day. May the cardinal fire of the eastern sun ignite decisive, visionary, and inspiring action. She then mounts the western-facing skull, raising her right hand to offer her second blessing. As the sun sets to bring each day to a close, may you reflect on all that is finite. Your power, influence, and time here is limited, and death is your only guarantee. May you act with integrity so that when your time comes, you may rest in peace. The Empress then kneels beside the Emperor to mount the third and fourth skulls at the edges of the emperor's north-facing armrests. Once secured, she places her right hand over each skull and offers a third blessing. As you look in the direction of your destiny, may you be guided by the wisdom of the stars and advised by the spirits of your lineage. 
May you remember the triumphs, challenges, the rights and wrongs enacted by your ancestors so that you may reckon with your past and take responsibility for the future. May these skulls remind you that you do not govern alone, that you are accountable not only to yourself, but to those who came before you and those with whom you share this life and this world in the present and to those who will come after. You have a responsibility to recognize and respect the sovereignty and sanctity of each individual life you touch and influence. Do you commit to carrying this sacred weight? Now in his full suit of armor, the emperor sinks further into his throne, running both palms along the surface of his armrests. Yes, I soberly and fully accept this responsibility, he replies. The empress then places her right palm over the emperor's cool metal chest plate to offer another blessing. May your armor protect your vital softness so that you yourself can remain sensitive and responsive to the hopes, anxieties, joys, sorrows, traumas, and longings of those you serve. The emperor bows his head in gratitude, then lifts his eyes to meet the penetrating gaze of the empress once again to ask, but what of the South? How will I be protected from enemies who enter from where my back is turned? She replies with a swift gesture towards the mountain range, now infused with a purple-blue hue that grows brighter by the minute. She replies, The mountains behind you are ancient spirits that have lended their protection for centuries. They are the home of many other spirits, creatures, and other life forms that in exchange for shelter, offer their watchful eyes and listening ears, and when their time comes, offer their bodies to enrich the hungry mountain soil. You are in service to them too. Do your job and they will do theirs. As the first rays of light spill onto the mountain peaks and tint the clouds orange and pink, the Empress knows that her time with the Emperor is almost up. She reaches into her red robe to furnish three more items. First, a golden orb representing a globe, a symbol of the collective. Lifting up the golden orb to the Emperor's gaze, the Empress leans into the narrow space between herself and the Emperor to look him square in the eye and ask, are you prepared to defend and fortify the well-being of the collective. Taken by her gravitas, the emperor swallows to compose himself, extends his hand and replies, yes, I'm ready. The empress then places the orb into his palm and he is moved by its surprising weight and density. She then procures a second item, a golden ankh, an ancient Egyptian hieroglyphic symbol for the breath of life. The Empress leans in closer this time, examining every blink, twitch, and curve of the lip and asks, do you commit to being in service to the lives of all living beings who dwell here? 
Will you take responsibility and seek swift justice for those whose lives were stolen from the families you have sworn to protect? Do you commit to enacting necessary systemic changes to protect the lives of the most vulnerable so that they may live in a world where they no longer have to experience unjust precariousness, even if it's at the expense of your ego and political ambition. The emperor takes a thoughtful breath and replies, that is my duty. I fully accept this responsibility and all the consequences that come with it. The empress, stern and unbudging, takes a step back to procure the last item the emperor's crown. Made of gold and studded with glistening rubies, the emperor's crown represents his connection to the sun and sacred fire. Lifting the crown up to meet the emperor's gaze, the empress says, fire is powerful, volatile, and tricky to handle. It has the capacity to assist in performing great acts of human compassion and nurturance, as well as the power to destroy all that it touches, including you. Do you commit to using your sacred fire with restraint and discernment to protect and serve the collective that has entrusted you with it? This crown is also a representation of your lineage and all that you inherit from your ancestors. Do you commit to taking responsibility for the failures and misguided choices enacted by members of your lineage, dead and alive? Will you uplift the legacy of their triumphs that they fought for in the name of justice? And do you commit to righting their wrongs through the choices you make in this lifetime? After a pregnant moment of extended pause, the emperor replies, Yes, I wear this crown with full awareness that it is bestowed upon me through the trust of the collective. I accept this crown and wear it under the care and watchful eye of the people. The Empress, upon coronating the Emperor, lets out her first audible exhale. Good, she says wryly, as she unfastens the red robe draped over her shoulders and envelops the emperor with the bright red covering. If you took any longer with that lingering pause, you'd be taking a long, solitary walk back down that peak by now. They share a flirtatious exchange to dissipate the tension as the empress collects her belongings to begin her journey home. Realizing that their evening has come to an end, the emperor, in a slight panic, asks, Wait a second, empress, won't you join me for a little while? Your wisdom is invaluable, and I desire your company. No, the empress replies. I have my own business to attend to, and I certainly don't get paid enough in pentacles or recognition to perform more than one job, let alone be your emotional crutch. But I leave you with one final offering. The Empress walks towards the edge of the cliff and points to the river that flows just underneath the peak that they stand on. Water is a conduit that bridges the gap between realms, she says. Much like how water connects us to our ancestors, the river establishes and nurtures the connection that exists between us. So long as it flows, 
we remain linked. The emperor nods in understanding and offers his deepest bow of gratitude as the empress makes her way back down the mountain. Upon lifting his head, he realizes that the empress has made her exit. He returns to his throne to watch the sun rise over the eastern horizon. This feels like a particularly poignant time to speak on the qualities of reliable and just leadership. The emperor represents authority, personal power, independence, and righteous leadership. He is stable, secure, and self-assured, and takes a systematic approach to materializing his vision. He expresses care for his people through his commitment to public service. Represented by the number four, a number of staunch stability, he cultivates security and cares for his people by building, maintaining, fortifying, and governing strong structural foundations. This card can represent any masculine authority figures of any gender who have a strong current of influence in your life. And just as a reminder, when I talk about masculine energy, I'm talking about energy that is exerted and expressed outwardly rather than energy that's pulled inward and expressed internally. When the emperor appears in the upright position, you are being called to trust yourself deeply and step into your full power unflinchingly and with conviction. You are asked to create stability from chaos by organizing a trusted council of advisors, planning ahead, and seeing things through until the end. This is a good time to assess your relationship to your personal power and what it looks like when you trust your experience, assert your authority, and express authentic truths. On the other hand, when the emperor appears in reverse, it's a good time to evaluate the ways in which your relationship to power and authority have gone sour, toxic, and obsessive. Abuse of power should come as no surprise, even in our own hands, even with the best of intentions. Non-consensual domination does little to communicate confidence and self-assurance. In fact, it speaks more to deep-seated insecurities that stem from unresolved trauma that probably isn't your fault, but certainly your responsibility to address. Could an excessively tight grip and need for control reveal a crucial truth about your experiences with powerlessness? In what ways could addressing this set you free? Sometimes saying, I don't know, or I need help, is the most powerful thing that one can do while navigating through moments of limbo and uncertainty. If you find yourself locked into a power struggle with yourself or others, it may be time to embody the energy and wisdom of the emperor. You can do this in a number of ways, but for me, I tend to pull the Emperor card when it's time to initiate an uncomfortable but entirely necessary conversation with a boss, partner, roommate, friend, really wherever there is an imbalanced power dynamic. When working with the Emperor card, consider building a relationship with an accountability buddy who can help you recognize when you're giving up or hoarding too much power. 
It's amazing what a few minutes of owning your feelings, naming your boundaries, and trying on solutions can do to help you remember who the hell you are. As we come to a close, I invite you to get real clear and lucid about the structural and interpersonal power dynamics that exist within your relationships to others and to yourself. I encourage you to find ways to disperse that power where it's lacking and to transmute power that has grown putrid and corrupt. Thank you for listening and all power to the people.